0: Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old-Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old-time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit ComicWeb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features three episodes of Marco Polo. It's a serialized adventure series, and the story picks up right when Marco's about to leave on his long journey to China. Each episode is about 12 minutes long.
1: present the adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo was forbidden to accompany his father and his uncle to China. The young man was bitterly disappointed, but he realized the justice of his father's decision. The night before the Polos sailed from Venice, the doge gave a great banquet in their honor, and many complimentary speeches were made. Marco Polo spoke and told of his deep shame and mortification at not being allowed to accompany his father and his uncle on their historic journey to China, a land which no white man had ever entered. Then Niccolò Polo, the father of Marco Polo, relented and he announced that his son would accompany him on his journey. Eventually the voyages started and without undue incident they arrived at Yazdi, the capital of Persia. There they were given royal greeting by the Khan of Persia. But he astounded them by saying that the great Kublai Khan would allow no white man to enter China. But, Most High, did not bid us return here so that we could accompany a beautiful woman to China? You said she was to become the wife of the great Kublai Khan. You bade us return so that we could accompany this woman to China. I know. But I have since communicated with my brother, Kublai Khan. And he says that although he is anxious to set eyes on this woman, he can wait until I send some of my soldiers to accompany her on the journey. He wants no white men in his land. Most High, you made me a promise. When I enabled your soldiers to defeat the old man of the mountain, you swore that you would bestow any gift on me, any gift which I cared to name. I did make that promise. Then I beg that you keep that promise. Let my father, my uncle, and myself accompany this woman to China. I would do that willingly, Marco Polo. But I have no desire to send you to your doom. If we go to China, we do so at our own risk, mighty Khan. My brother Kublai Khan has told me that he will slay any white man who comes to his land. Would it be gratitude if I sent you to certain death? You made us a promise, noble Khan. I beg that you keep that promise. Are you all decided in spite of what I have said that you will go to China? I am willing to go to China. My heart is set on going there. I am ready to go to China now. If I made a promise, I must keep it. You are three determined and courageous men. But I warn you, my brother Kublai Khan is a fierce and determined warrior. He has made himself the greatest Khan in the world. He slays all whom he considers his enemy. Knowing that, we are still anxious to go to China. We go on a peaceful mission, and we beg that you allow us to accompany this princess Who is to wed Kubla Khan? So be it, my friends. It is not for me to try to shake your determination. You shall have one of my captains and six of my soldiers as an escort. The princess will be carried by four bearers in a silken litter. You will be responsible for her welfare. Take you this ruby ring, Niccolò Polo. Place it on your finger. If you are in danger, show those who threaten you this ring. But I doubt whether it will be effective... That is all I can do for you. I thank you. We are willing to risk our lives. We will try to persuade Kublai Khan, that we shall be his friends. May we see the princess whom we are to escort to China. You shall see her now. She will wear a gossamer veil over her face. But I warn you, the only man who is entitled to raise that veil is the great Kublai Khan. A man who is to be her husband. But even through the gossamer veil... You will be able to see her matchless beauty. Let the Princess Dilara be brought before me, and let Captain Nadu come with her. Now, my friends, be seated. The princess will soon enter. Captain Nadu will accompany you on this perilous journey to China. Bring wine and meat for the guests of the Khan of Persia. Refresh yourselves, my friends. You will rest here a few days before you undertake your journey. We will rest here a few days, noble Khan. The road to China is not free from robbers and scoundrels. You may encounter a fierce tribe of men called the Coronas. They are dark-skinned scoundrels and makers of magic. Many times have I tried to defeat them, but always have I failed. Uh, Tell us something of these Coronas, so that we may be on our guard. What magic do they make, O Tai? On the journey to China, you will have to cross the plain of Kian This is a dry and arid waste of land. And at certain seasons of the year, there are fierce, heat-laden winds. Those winds whip up a thick dust, thicker than any fog, so that the eye cannot see more than a few feet. Out of that dust-laden fog come the coronas. And it is said that they cause these dust storms, so that they can creep upon their enemies unawares. When the dust is thick, when the heat is intolerable, be on guard against the coronas. We will be on our guard. I cannot give you more than six soldiers as an escort. They are men well skilled in the art of warfare, well trained in the use of the bow and the arrow. Princess Zilana comes now. Have you ever seen such grace of form and figure, my friends? Come, Zilana. These are the men from the west of whom I have spoken. They will escort you to China.
2: But most high. did not say that it was unsafe for these men to go to China?
1: I have told them that, but they are brave and resolute men. They will go with you to China. You will be in their charge. You will be leaving in a few days. Most noble princess, I swear that our lives will be dedicated to taking you safely to the great palace of Kublai Khan.
2: You are kind, sir.
1: Come forward, Captain Nadu. These men from the west are my friends. You will journey with them to China, taking six of your men. You will guard over them and treat their lives as you would treat all friends of your Khan. I will obey, most noble Khan. But will six men be enough to guard the Princess and your friends on this arduous journey? Enough to fight off the attacks of the Coronas? I can spare no other men. Come, Zilana. Be seated. Speak with the men from the West. I must express my admiration of your bravery, Princess. Only a brave woman would undertake this arduous journey.
2: I will be well guarded, Nubra,
1: sir. I swear to that. With my life, I shall defend you. <coughs> Bravely spoken. Uh, now, Zelana, you may withdraw. I will tell you when the journey is to commence. And remember, you are the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan. And he alone has the right to raise that veil and look upon your face.
2: I will remember that.
1: Go now. I wish to speak with my friends. Captain Nadu. you will bring a map... And discuss the road which you will take. I will be glad to discuss that with Captain Naidu. We have already made certain plans, but he will know more about this journey than we do. I have been many times to China, sir. I will tell you of my scheme, that we will have to be on our guard night and day. It is no easy task which you are undertaking. Aye, we know that. We are prepared to face any risk, any danger. Forget about your journey now. Captain Nadu will make all arrangements for it. You will eat, drink, and be merry with me, my friend. For several days, the Polos stayed at the palace of the Khan of Persia. Then at last, they were ready to depart on their journey. By orders of the Khan, the entire population of Yazdi had been gathered together to bid farewell to the travelers. A great crowd gathered near the city gates veiled persian women jostled with bearded men trying to look at the intrepid adventurers just prior to their departure from the palace niccolo mafio and benno were waiting for marco where is marco he knows that we're ready to depart Look, there is the litter of the princess being carried down the steps of the palace. Oh, the princess is not yet in the litter. See the silken curtains are raised. Perhaps she is taking farewell of the Khan. But Marco should be here. He knows we're ready to leave. Oh, Benno, do you know where he can be found? Uh, well, master, he he will be here soon. That is no answer, Benno. I ask you if you knew where the master Marco can be found. No doubt he is on his way to us now, Master Niccolo. Benno. my brother asked you a question and you evaded the answer. Where is Master Marco? Come now, let us have a truthful answer. Oh, Master Marco will not keep us waiting very much longer. That is not an answer to my question, Benno. Where is Marco? Did someone mention my name? Marco, where have you been? We are ready to depart. Crowds are waiting at the gates of the city. Khan wishes to bid us farewell. Well, I did not leave the palace. Beno knows where you've been. And noble Beno kept his peace and did not tell. It was a hard task, Master Marco. Marco, will you tell me where you've been? I have been talking with the princess Zilana. Her litter has been carried to the foot of the palace steps. She is ready to leave now. We had much to talk about. I was telling her of some of the wonders of the Western world. Ah, you've been spending too much time with the princess lately. The Khan does not like it. Remember, Marco... She is the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan. And she is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. But she wears a gossamer veil, Marco. How can you tell the princess is beautiful? The veil is transparent. She has a voice like a cooing dove. White fluttering hands that have clutched my heart. Marco, we are about to undertake a perilous journey to China. We have won the friendship of the Khan of Persia. Would you imperil our lives by philandering with the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan? If you speak with her again, I shall send you back to Venice. Oh, father, father. We cannot undertake this great journey in silence. I must be polite to the princess. Ah, you will bring us all to our deaths, Marco. Oh, be of good cheer, Uncle Matthew. We will arrive in China safely. And the princess will prove a pleasant companion. Marco... I pray that you listen to me. I am worried. You must not pay so much attention to the princess. She is a lady of royal rank. And she has been placed under my charge for this journey. I must leave the tedium of the journey for her. Now, now come. Come. Smile. as cherished dream is about to come true. All oh, the trumpets have sounded. That means that the time has come for our departure. The princess is about to step into her litter. Then come, my friends. We start on the last and most dangerous stage of our journey to China. We now present the adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo, together with his father and his uncle, arrived in Yasti, the capital of Persia and there they were made welcome by the Khan of Persia. The Khan informed them that it would be unwise for them to enter China as Kublai Khan had sworn that no white men should enter his land. Marco Polo continued with his father and his uncle and they decided to take the risk and to continue with their journey to China. They were appointed as escorts to the Princess Delana but before starting their journey they sojourned several days at the palace of the Khan of Persia. Marco Polo became extremely friendly with the Princess Delana and his father and uncle became rather perturbed about the attention he was paying to her. Eventually, however, the three polos and their servant, Benno, started on their journey accompanied by Captain Nadu and six men at arms. There were also numerous bearers, beasts of burden, and four men to carry the litter of the princess. The journey proceeded slowly and steadily until at last they reached the plain of Kierman. Here, the heat was extremely oppressive, and the party decided to make camp at an oasis beneath the shade of some date trees. There they remained for two days. Early on the morning of the third day, Marco Polo rose, went to the edge of the oasis to refresh himself with a drink of water. Suddenly he heard a voice softly calling his name.
2: Marco
1: Polo? Who calls?
2: The great Marco Polo does not even know who is calling. Only yesterday I spoke with him, and he has princess, forgotten my voice.
1: What are you doing here? Why have you left your tent?
2: Is not a princess allowed to enjoy a little freedom? I wanted to walk in the cool, clear, early morning sunshine. I came here to the oasis, and I saw my friend Marco Polo.
1: You must return to your tent.
2: Are you afraid to be seen with me?
1: No, I am not afraid.
2: Then walk with me a little way into the desert. No one else is yet awake. Come, Marco Polo.
1: But, princess, I have not the right to walk with you. After all, you are the promised bride of the great Kubla Khan.
2: Soon I will be married to Kubla Khan, placed in his harem, never able to look out on the world again. Surely you do not grudge me a little freedom before my marriage, Marco Polo. Oh,
1: I do not begrudge you any freedom.
2: Then come, walk with me. Tell me more of yourself. Your life in the great city of Venice?
1: Well, I have told you much about Venice. It is the most beautiful city in the world.
2: And there are no streets, no roads there as we have in our city. Only great waterways where you travel in strange boats.
1: Oh, those boats are called gondolas.
2: I suppose the great Marco Polo has made love to many of the women of Venice.
1: Why do you say that?
2: Oh, I can picture you seated in one of those strange boats beneath the moonlit sky. A myriad shining stars above you. Some dark-eyed lady of your own race nestled close to you. And you, Mama, would have loved in her shell-like you.
1: You must be gifted with second sight, Princess.
2: Have you made love to many women, Marco Polo?
1: Why should I tell you that?
2: Well, you need not tell me. You are not a very good companion this
1: morning. We are walking a fair way from the camp. Do you not think we should turn back now?
2: Why should we turn back? I have not known much freedom in my life. Let us walk a little further. It is difficult walking over the sand, Marco Polo.
1: I am sorry. Uh, may I assist you? Well, thank you. You know, I sometimes dream, too.
2: Tell me of your dreams. No. No, I will tell you. You dream of great voyages of discovery, of bringing new trade to your beloved Venus, of going where no white man has been before. You are strong and determined. There is no place for love in your dreams.
1: Huh. This time, I do not think you have second sight. I have dreamed much lately. Shall I tell you of my dream?
2: I am anxious to hear it.
1: I dreamed that the most beautiful princess raised the gossamer veil which hides her fair face. That Marco Polo looked upon that fair face and he became enslaved.
2: A strange dream.
1: A dream which, alas, can never come true.
2: (laughs) You are a strange man, Marco Polo, and I like you. Do you? But I fear that you have never known true love. Have you? I am to be married to the great Kublai Khan.
1: But you have never seen him. You cannot be in love with him.
2: The great Khan is loved by all his subjects.
1: How can you love a man whom you have never seen?
2: True. But we women of the East are not allowed to choose those whom we will love. Some are fortunate. They meet men whom they can love for a brief while. Perhaps I am fortunate.
1: Are you in love with someone?
2: Suppose the Princess Zilana, the promised bride of the great Khan, should raise the gossamer veil which hides her features. Suppose that Marco Polo should look upon them.
1: Would the Princess let me look upon her features? Just one gaze.
2: The Princess Zilana raises the gossamer veil. Princess.
1: You are more beautiful than I ever dreamed. Oh, I love you, Zelana.
2: You are so Hold me closely, Marco
1: Polo. I wish that I could hold you closely forever and ever.
2: Alas, that cannot be. I am the promised bride of the great Khan, the most powerful ruler in the world. And you risk death by holding me in your arms, Marco Polo. You risk the lives of your father and your uncle. Release me now. We have known one brief moment of paradise. I clung to you and you to me. Now I lower my veil once again. Come, let us return to the camp.
1: Let us here a little while.
2: It grows warm. Soon we shall feel the full heat of the day. There is a hot, dry wind.
1: Yes, there has been a hot, dry wind for the last few days. When can we start our journey again?
2: On the morrow, perhaps.
1: If we do that, suppose that Marco Polo rose early, went to the oasis once again, Would he find a certain princess waiting there to walk in the cool of the morning with him?
2: He might. Look. What can I see approaching?
1: A strange brown cloud.
2: A cloud of dust. Bloods out our view of the camp. It can only mean one thing, Marco Polo.
1: Fear not. I am here to protect you.
2: Have you not heard of the Corona?
1: I have heard of them. Fierce robbers who roam these plains. They
2: are makers of magic. They raise these clouds of blinding dust so that none can see them approach.
1: I do not believe that they raise the clouds of dust. Nature aids them, and they take advantage of these dust storms. <coughs>
2: growing thick.
1: Come close to me. <laughs> Cling to me, Zilana.
2: Protect me, Marco Polo. I
1: will. Oh, the dust surrounds us.
2: <coughs> I cannot see. Stay, safer if we wait here for a while. What, oh! what you? There, in the ground.
1: An arrow. It fell at your feet.
2: That means that we are attacked by the Coronas. They will put us to
3: death.
1: I am armed only with this knife, but I will fight to save you, Zilana. The robbers approach now. I hear them, but I cannot see them.
3: This is how we are punished, because we
1: sinned. Marco! Marco, are you there? But that is my father's voice. Here, father. Is the princess with you? Yes, she is here, quite safe. May heaven be praised for that. Were you attacked by the coroner? I know not. An arrow fell at our feet and we heard strange shouts. The dust storm is passing now. Yes, I, I can see you, Marco. I see you now, father. My soldiers are with me. We were attacked by the Coronas soon after the dust storm commenced, but we were ready for them. We beat them off, killing several of them. They are men of magic, but we have defeated them. They thought we were a strong body of armed men. We collected all the bearers and the soldiers. We shouted and made much noise. The soldiers discharged their arrows into the advancing robbers. It was a lucky escape. May heaven be praised, the dust storm has almost passed. Already the air feels cooler. Mayhap we can recommence our journey today. A moment. May I ask why Marco Polo is here in the desert with the princess? Yes, Marco. How is it that you and the princess came to be so far away from the camp? Oh, the fault is mine. Let
2: me explain, Captain Nadeau. I arose early and decided to take a walk in the cool morning air before the heat became oppressive. Marco Polo must have risen shortly after me. He saw me wandering away into the desert. He did not think that I would be safe. He followed me and bade me return to the camp while he was talking to me the dust storm arose
1: it is well you acted so promptly marco polo come princess i will now take you to the camp you must not wander away alone again we will follow you captain take your men and the princess back to the camp come my lady you are safe now do not tarry too long master polo it is growing cooler all the time and methinks we can start our journey very soon you men follow me and keep a sharp lookout Marco Polo, carry her with me. I wish to speak with you. Yes, father. Did the princess speak the truth when she said she wandered away from the camp alone? Who am I to doubt the word of a princess? Marco, you young scoundrel. You are leading us all to our death. You were warned to keep away from the princess. My uncle Matthew, I beg that you do not raise your voice. Why did you follow the princess, Marco? Who said that I followed the princess? I was at least instrumental in saving her from the robbers. Nonsense! The soldiers saved her from the robbers. Have a care, Marco. The people of the East have a saying that he who plays with fire is soon severely burned. I know that. Methinks I have played with fire, and the scorching flames have reached my heart. You are rash and foolish our task is to enter china to win the good graces of the great Kublai khan not to win his enmity by seeking to make love to one who is his promised bride you speak words of truth father do not fear i will remember those words i hope you do remember the marco oh but see captain nadu is returning the princess is to be in the camp now my men are standing out over her I wish to have a few private words with Marco Polo, if I may. You wish to have a few private words with me? Well, what have you to say? The Princess Silana is the promised bride of the great Kubla Khan. I know that. Bear it in mind then. He is the ruler of China and the ruler of my master, the Khan of Persia. Should anyone seek to steal the bride of Kubla Khan, it will be my duty to kill that man. I warn you, Marco Polo, have a care. We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo and his companions went across the desert towards Pekin, the capital city of China. They took shelter for a while on the plains of Kirman. There one morning, Marco Polo walked into the desert with the Princess Zelana and declared his love for her. Suddenly, they were attacked by a band of robbers known as Coronas. Captain Nadu and his men came swiftly to the rescue and beat off the robbers. The princess was returned safely to the rest of the party. Then Captain Nedu sent for Marco Polo and told him that the Princess Delana was the Promised Bride of Kublai Khan. Niccolo and his brother Matthew chided Marco and warned him to cease paying attention to the princess. The little party proceeded on their journey towards Pekin. They halted a few miles from the walls of the city by the side of a strange fountain. This is a strange fountain. I have never seen it like before. It looks to me like an oil fountain. Yes, it is a fountain of oil. It throws a black fluid into the air. I have heard Captain Nadeau speak of such fountains. Oh, where is the captain? We will ask him about it. The captain is standing beside the litter of the princess. He will not allow anyone to go near. Uh, it is just as well the captain does not trust you, and neither do I. Oh, my uncle, surely you trust me. Not where a pretty face is concerned. Uncle Matthew, have you seen the face of the princess? Has she lifted her veil for you? No, no, of course not. Uh, Niccolo... Send Benno to ask Captain Nadeau if he will speak with us. Oh, Benno, come here. You called, my master? Uh, Yes, Benno. Go and ask Captain Nadeau if he can speak with us. Mm, The captain is speaking with the princess now. What is that strange fountain which is throwing a thick black fluid into the air? Uh, We wish to see uh, uh, Captain Nadeau about it. In a few hours' time... We will arrive in the capital, Pekin. Oh, then I am afraid that our lives will be in great danger. Oh, do not say that. I think we will live for a good many years yet. Why, Benno may even return to Venice with a beautiful Chinese bride. I (laughs) shall never marry. I do not like women. What about the angel who came to you in your dream when you were at the palace of the old man of the mountain? She was no angel. That was only a dream. Oh, do not fear, Benno. I think, mayhap, we will live to make our obeisance before the great Kublai Khan. Mayhap, we will be taken into his presence this very day. I pray so. Go now. Tell Captain Nado. <laughs> oh, Benno. He has followed us into so many countries. And on every journey we have taken, he's been afraid of death. And yet he is still alive, and so are we. And yet our lives may end this very day. If the great Kubla Khan so wills it. Captain Nadeau comes now. You demand my presence, Master Polo. I requested your presence, Captain Nadeau. We are very interested in this strange fountain which is throwing liquid many feet into the air. Can you tell us anything about this fountain? This fountain is the property of the great Kubla Khan. It is a fountain of oil. Oh, I thought so. For what purpose is the oil used? Why is it being wasted? Later in the day, many working men will come with great casks into which they will trap the oil it is used as fuel for sustaining the lamps which light the palace of the great kubla khan no other lamps save those of the palace of the great khan are lighted with this sacred oil see the men come now to gather the oil the oil comes from the ground it is the most amazing sight i've ever seen just think of it marco there may be enough oil in this fountain to supply all the lamps the world over and yet The great Khan only allows the oil to be used in his own land. No one else would dare to use it. But come, my friends. It is time for us to proceed on our journey. Could we collect some oil from this fountain so that we might have a little to show to our friends in Venice? If you are ever allowed to return to Venice, you will pass this fountain. But I doubt if you ever will return. But I have the ruby ring which the Khan of Persia gave me. Surely that will ensure our safety? That is not for me to say. But come now. We must continue our journey to Pekin. In a few hours, you may be admitted to the presence of the great Kubla Khan. Thus, Marco Polo and his companions probably saw the first oil gusher in the world. They proceeded on their journey, and at last they came to the walls of Peking. at that time the greatest city in the world they could see that the walls were closely guarded and that the enormous brass gates were closed. At the side of one gate was an immense brass gong. The little party came to a halt before the gong and Captain Nadeau's soldiers stood rigidly at attention beside the silken litter of the Princess Delona. Well, my friends, Without the gates of Pekin, it is not too late for you to turn back. Behind these gates, death may await you. I have no desire to turn back. When I have taken the princess to the palace of the great Khan, my task is ended. I will return to Persia. If you care to wait beside these gates, I will return here and take you back to Persia with me. Thus, mayhap, you will save your lives. I think I said that I desire to pass through these gates. But what say you, Matthew? Uh, the man is a fool. Does he think we've journeyed all this way just to reach the gates of the city? We are now at the entrance of the city. If we die on the other side of that wall, then we will commend our souls to God. If we live, we will give thanks to him for his graciousness. I am ready to go. And what of you, Marco? I am ready to go into the city, to wherever you lead me, Father. Benno you heard the words of captain Nedu i heard my master if you choose you can remain here till the captain and his soldiers return they will give you safe conduct to Persia. i will not remain here in safety while you enter the city and face death if i die then i die in your presence O oh my master i trust that we will not have to witness your death benno if i ever do return to venice this time i will never leave there again But I am afraid, my master, that we will never see the city of Venice again. Be not afraid, Benno. Be of good heart. If we die, we shall die together. Master Marco, I beg you to take care. Or mayhap you will die before we pass through the gates into this city. If you are prepared to go through the gates, my friends, I will strike this brass gong. The gates will open, and Banshu, the governor of the city, will advance to meet us. Who think you that Banshu will be well disposed towards us? I know not. Manchu is the nephew of the great Kubla Khan. Some say that he is ambitious and that he has designs upon the throne. But the Khan likes him well enough. That is why he is governor of the city. May I ask a favor of you, Captain do. What favor do you ask of me? May I speak a few words of farewell to the Princess Zalana before she is carried to the palace of the great Kubla Khan? What do you wish to say to her? The princess was put in my charge by the Khan of Persia. I have done all I could for her comfort and security i wish now to take my leave of this lady mayhap i will never see her again you may speak with her in my presence the soldiers watching us from the walls they will know that the promised bride of the great kubla khan is expected so be it i will speak to her in your presence wait you here father i go now with captain to speak with the princess solana i should not allow this these women they will be the death of you thank you captain you're a very foolish young man And I fear that you are about to die. You are not very cheerful, Captain Nadu. Always you have a jest upon your lips. But mark my words, you will have to take great care. We are now approaching the litter of the Princess. I will stand a little distance away. So if you lower your voices, I will not be able to hear what you say. Thank you, Captain Nadu. I appreciate your kindness and your generosity. I was once in love myself. You men will march over here with me. Uh, zelana
2: marco Polo, i never thought that i would have the pleasure of speaking with you again
1: i beg captain Nadu to allow us to have a few minutes together it may be the last time we will see each other Zalana.
2: oh i had dreamt that you were in place
1: then your dream has come true my princess for i am always your slave
2: i have your image always before me you see my eyes are red with weeping because i am so unhappy
1: because you love me?
2: Because I love you. But I should not love you. I am the promised bride of the great Kubla Khan. My love should be given to him. I am wicked.
1: Oh, no. You are not wicked. I love you, Zilana. But since you are to be taken from me, I dare not attempt to escape with you because my uncle and my father would be killed if I did. But mayhap, one day, after I have returned to Venice, you will have need of me if ever you are in danger if ever i can serve you send me this ring and no matter where i may be if i have breath in my body i will come to you
2: oh marco i take the ring it is such a big ring
1: too big for your little fingers dare i touch that small white hand dare i raise it to my lips take care marco follow are soldiers watching you from the walls you must leave the princess now i come now take the ruby ring and keep it solana mayhap i will never see you again but always remember that i love you
2: and i love you too marco Polo.
1: i am coming marco Polo. you may come captain lady i have bad farewell to the princess you then will take up your positions on either side of the litter when the gates open the litter will be carried through first uh, now we will go over to your father I owe you my heart heartfelt thanks for allowing me to speak with the princess, Captain Naidu. Oh, come, Marco. Come, Captain Naidu! We have been waiting for you. This is not time for us to enter the city. For my part, we never enter the city, it will be time enough. We have delayed long enough. Are you not going to strike the gong, Captain Naidu? I see that you are determined to enter the city. I have tried to persuade you to return to Persia with me. When I strike the gong, it may mean that you will live. It may mean... That you will die. Let us pray it will mean that we will live. That we may win the friendship of the great Kubla Khan. And yet the Khan has vowed to kill all white men who enter the city of Pekin. Then if it means our death, it will be the will of God. Strike the gong, Captain Naidu, so that we may enter the city of Pekin. <laughs>
0: Marco Polo was born in 1254 and died sometime around 1324. He was the son of successful Venetian merchant Niccolo Polo. Niccolo and Marco's uncle Mafio were merchants who had traded along the Silk Road with China, Mongolia, Persia, and other hard to reach lands and had met the great Kublai Khan on one of their journeys. They arranged for a return trip and on that second trip they brought Marco along. At this time. Kublai Khan basically ruled the world. His empire was something like four times the size of the Roman Empire. If the Khan asked you to do something, it wasn't really a request. All three Polos made the return trip to Mongolia, and like unwelcome relatives, they spent 17 years there. Kublai Khan took a liking to Marco, who was an interesting and imaginative storyteller. And that's something which has driven historians nuts ever since. Marco was sent on many missions throughout the Mongol Empire, including ambassadorships and governing the city of Yangzhou. Marco carried out these diplomatic assignments, but also related his observations back to the Khan about the lands he traveled to, probably embellishing them for dramatic effect. According to Marco's travel account, the Polos asked several times for permission to return to Europe, but the Khan appreciated the visitors so much that he would not agree to their departure. Only in 1291, Kublai entrusted Marco with his last duty, to escort the Mongol princess Kokasin to her betrothed. Upon their return to Venice, people loved to hear his stories, but few really believed him. Marco Polo was later captured in a minor clash of the war between Venice and Genoa. He spent the the few months of his imprisonment in 1298 dictating to a fellow, fellow prisoner a detailed account of his travels in the then unknown parts of China. Though Polo's book exaggerates places and cultures, and some scholars believe he never went as far east as China, but only described places other travelers had been to, his book was widely published, translated into many languages, and thousands of copies were printed. Polo's book includes fanciful accounts of men with tails and cannibals seem to be around every corner. The book is somewhat a geography of Asian provinces. It is divided into chapters covering specific regions, and Polo delves into the politics, agriculture, military power, and economy and religions of each area. Polo brought the ideas of paper currency and coal to Europe. He also included secondhand reports of areas that he had not visited, such as Japan and Madagascar. This old-time radio program was created by the Australian BBC and tells of Marco's journey and adventures in 15-minute serialized episodes. The programs all tell one story, and each episode tries to end on a cliffhanger, leading you to tune in to next week. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.